Thank you for coming out today on this wonderful beginning of winter day. I, have, I am assuming that some stayed home because it was first raining, then windy, then freezing, then snowing, and everybody's thinking, oh, it's got to be icy. And you stayed home. Well, you're missing it. Now, God bless you if you're at home in your nice warm lounge chair while we're in here in our nice comfortable... Is everybody warm? All right, because I was worried. I was looking at a couple of you over here shivering. I don't know. I'm not going to pick anybody out. So, if you were here last week, you probably remember the title, oh no you don't, of, in, and on the wave. And this is going to be part two. All right? So, last week I spoke of how the early church recognized each other and called each other out by the name, the way. The way. Because Jesus said, I am the way. Say that with me. I am the way. No, you got to say it like me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. When people ask, don't all roads lead to heaven? If it does, if they do, then what's that saying about Jesus? He would be a liar. But since he says right in this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And then he goes on to say, no one comes to the Father but through me. So Jesus is a requirement for salvation. So how many followers of Jesus do we have here? How many people of the way? Raise your hand if you're a, a follower of Jesus. The way, the truth, the life. Amen. Most of us in here. And if you didn't raise your hand, it's probably because you're too tired. You're, you're out too late getting candy at your neighbor's house. We almost went to somebody's house last night. We, I already had my jammies on, but I was wearing my robe. And I, I actually wrote her because she said she had a bunch of candy, and only four people had come to her house. And she said it was good candy, not just candy, but good candy. And I'm thinking, man. So I wrote her and I said, can I come over in my bathrobe? She said, sure. Well, we didn't, but anyway, it would have been fun. Actually, I was going to, except it was raining. So in part one of our being of and in the way, and how our Heavenly Father goes after us, remember that? We don't go after Him. We, we like to say, well, I came to the Lord. Uh-uh. He was... He knew you from your mother's womb, and he goes after you your whole life. He wants all men to be saved. He doesn't want anybody to perish. It's a choice. So we have to recognize that the Father goes after us rather than our going after him. And this week, I want to look at what it means to be on the way. That has a nice ring to it. On the way. Like a, like a song title or something. 
If I, there isn't one out there like that, is there? Is there? On the way. Sounds like something you'd see in that Pumbaa Pumba or, you know, the, the Lion King, yeah. On the way. I don't know. Anyway, sorry. It's going to be one of those mornings. Let me ask you this. How many of you like surprises? Let's be honest. Okay, let me be specific. How many of you like good surprises? Yeah. Like when your wife says, Honey, I've got you a new 17 and a half foot Lund with a 200 horse. No, that, I'm just messing with you. I don't want that, by the way. Well, I do, but not... No, I'm getting a, no. But we like surprises if they're good surprises, right? Most of us anyway. Some of you didn't raise your hand. You know what that means? That means that when God's going to deliver some good surprises, you're not getting one. Because you didn't have the faith to believe. You're all going, is he being serious? I don't know. Anymore. I give it up. One of the best parts of partnering with the Holy Spirit is that He likes to surprise us with things. If you're truly following Him, if, you, if He is your Lord and Savior, you think God doesn't want to bless you with good gifts? Read Luke 11. It begins with the Holy Spirit. And once you have Him... There's no holds barred. I'm telling you, God can do amazing, wonderful, supernatural things in and through you if you let Him. But here's the key. You have to be expecting that He's going to do some of these things. You have to be alert. You have to tune into what He's trying to do in and around you. Because we can all go through life with our head down and our ears closed and and ignore the voice of God. And I think that's what happens way too often in the church, is that we have opportunity to do some of the things we read about in the Bible, but we don't see them coming, or we don't hear them coming because we're not tuned in. We're too busy focusing on our own troubles and on our own life and what we're getting out of this, and yada, 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 yada. I love John 3, 8. It's one of those verses that you just don't really know. And I think it's intentional. The wind blows wherever it wants, Jesus said. Just as you can hear the wind but can't tell where it comes from or where it is going, so you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. The Spirit can do whatever He wants to do. You and I aren't going to control Him. We can try to conjure them up, but that's what? That's black magic. God chooses when he's going to pour himself out. And sometimes, I'm going to say this, usually it's when we least expect it. But I want to, I want to preface that with it should be because we are expecting it. Do you hear me? Do you hear my heart here? Where's the church today? Hunkered down under a rock? 
Are people seeing us? Are they, are they even hearing from us? And this isn't a beat-you-up sermon, I hope. At least it wasn't when I put it down on paper. But I, I sense what the Holy Spirit is saying. Look, you need to be ready for this. I want to do some amazing things through my people, but you have to be expecting it, looking for it, be open to it. I got one sister saying amen. Surprise! Listen, our Heavenly Father knows all, and nothing takes Him by surprise. Would you agree with that? Okay. Because He knows all, that means that He can arrange our steps so that we're in just the right place at just the right time, and then He can do some miraculous things. How many are expecting God to use you in that way? About 20%? It's about right. And here's the funny part. All we need to do is place ourselves in His hands. That's it. We don't have to do anything crazy. Sometimes it's crazy. Okay. I back that up. <laughs> he has asked me to do some things that were pretty crazy. But they worked. So if he asks you to do something crazy, it's going to work. Just make sure it's him. Because <laughs> otherwise, everybody's going to think you're crazy. But God can line up your steps so that you are right where you need to be. And you don't have to do anything spectacular in order to see this come to pass. All you have to do is while you are on the way to wherever your destination takes you, be willing and ready to be used by God. How many have the Holy Spirit? Okay. So you've got everything that you need. Are you hearing me? You don't need anything else. You've got Jesus as your Lord and you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you're ready. What this says to me is that it takes very little effort on our part to be used miraculously by God. One only needs to be born again and filled with His Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God, in order to see these things come to pass. Mark 16 says this. Oops, I had... 16 up there. It should be 17 and 18. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. Read this next part with me. They will cast out demons in my name, and they will speak in new languages. They will be able to handle snakes with safety, and if they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the sick, and they will, and they will be healed. Now, this isn't a, an all-encompassing list. This isn't everything that God will do. It's just a little, because we don't want to put God in the box. Mark was just saying, look, this is going to happen if you're a believer and you're filled with the Spirit. All these things are going to happen in your life to those who believe. That's the key. To the, say that with me, to those who believe. So while we are on the way, the Lord does the supernatural. 
Again, it's just going through your normal, everyday life. And the Lord can do these things in and through you. If I were to ask how many in here have experienced anything like what I'm talking about here, my guess is quite a few of your hands would not go up. And I'm not going to call you out on it today. But I believe what the Lord is saying, and if you're at home, I believe what the Lord is saying to us today is, I want you to be expecting the supernatural. I want to use you, but you have to be ready. You have to be watching for me in order for this to take place. Turn to Acts chapter 3, and while you're going there, I just wanted to comment, first of all, Acts... uh, 2, 1 through 4, that's where the Holy Spirit showed up in a big way. Tongues of fire were on the disciples' heads, and they were all speaking in a language they never learned, in tongues. I believe that the reason that that was so obvious was that it was the first time this happened. Because we, we don't see that happening every time somebody gets filled with the Holy Spirit today. You don't see a, a tongue of fire over their head. It'd be cool if it did. We'd be really easily identified. But it was an experience that God wanted everybody to know, look, something new's happening here. From this day forward, I am with you in spirit. And they obviously got it because what we're going to see next, they're different people. After the Holy Spirit, they're different people. And we should be too. Can you say amen? Amen. Starting with verse 1, and I'm reading from the NLT today. And, And by the way, notice that Peter and John are on the way. All right? Are you with me? Okay. Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the 3 o'clock prayer service. Where were they going? To church. They were going to church to pray. Were they thinking, you know, on the way, we ought to look for some lame guy who needs a healing. No. They were going to church to pray. They were on the way to their normal routine, and God the Holy Spirit showed up. Hallelujah. As they approached the temple, a man, lame from birth, was being carried in. Each day, he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate, so he could beg from the people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he did what he always did. Hey, brother, can you spare a dime? Or whatever it was piece of silver. I'm hungry. I'm sure he had a pretty good little conversation with people. Because if he didn't play on their heartstrings, he'd never get any money. And he'd starve. But he didn't realize who he was dealing with here. Who he was facing off with. (laughs) I love this part. Peter and John looked at him intently. 
Maybe it wasn't with a scowl. Well, that's probably worse. <laughs> Dale's back here going, oh boy, he's scary. Peter said, look at us. Here he is. Can you spare some change? And Peter looks at him intently. Look at us. Does that get your attention? Yes. He wants this man to know, listen, what's coming next, you're not ready for it. But you're going to like it. Surprise. The Holy Spirit's going to show up here. Hallelujah. The lame man looked at them eagerly. He's still thinking, money. And then he hears those words. Silver and gold have I none. But what I have, I'm going to give you. Hallelujah. But what I have, I might not have read that from there, but that's the version I remember in my head. But I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus. Say that with me. In the name of Jesus. He adds the Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene. Get up and walk. Get up and walk. So he gets the guy's attention. He makes sure he realizes, I ain't handing you any money here today. I'm giving you something better. I'm giving you Jesus. I'm giving you the Savior, the Christ. Hallelujah. Every single person who's born again and filled with God's Spirit is capable of doing what Peter is doing here and John. The Lord didn't say, Peter, upon this rock I'm going to build the church and you're the only one I'm ever going to use. He was just the first one. And the rest of us follow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Here's the thing. Peter and John could only give what they already had. They didn't have money for whatever reason. I mean, I find that unusual. I don't go anywhere without having something in my pocket because you never know. But they didn't for whatever reason. But what they did have, they gave a prayer. Of healing a faith prayer how many can do a faith prayer I'm gonna pick on some people David can you do a faith prayer absolutely you're no different than I am brother God can use you in the miraculous you just have to let him and I don't know why I'm picking on you but I felt like I was supposed to so there be watching for it be watching for it all right Surprise! Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet, and began to walk. Then walking, leaping, and praising God, he went into the temple with them. 
How many would be having a good day if this happened to you? All right? We have to be expecting it. We have to be in tune with what the Holy Spirit's trying to do. Or we can miss it. Easily miss it. It We can walk right... How many times do you think Peter and John walked past that man? If he was in his 20s, because they say he was a man. If he was in his 20s, how many times? A lot. If he was in his 30s, a lot more. Maybe his 40s, but I doubt he went much beyond that just because he was lame. And they just didn't live that long back then. Chances are he didn't make it out of his 30s. But my point is this. They went by him every day, possibly, as they went to church. Every time they went to church or the temple, there he was. Can you spare any change? I don't know where that voice is coming from. How many times do we walk past people? And, and they're, they're like a fixture in our life. Do you hear me? You see them there every day and you, you get to the point where you don't see them anymore. And they're the ones, church, that need a healing. Look at me. I've got something for you today. God, the Holy Spirit, wants to download something through me into you today. Hallelujah. I don't know. Maybe I'm just talking to myself. When you think about what happened here, if he was 20 or 30 and had never walked. Can you imagine his legs? They'd be little toothpicks. Because he, he wouldn't have had any strength in them because he didn't use them. And as soon as Peter helped him up, the strength went to his ankles and his legs. And he was able to first stand up, then leap how many would admit this was a miracle? Could it have been that they just convinced the guy that, hey, you're healed, brother, stand up? No, this took a supernatural touch from God. And I believe that's what the Holy Spirit's trying to tell us today. He wants to use us just as he used Peter and John. But we have to be sensitive to the Spirit. What was the result of all this? And this is the, the best part of the whole thing. We think, well, the guy was healed. And that's cool. I mean, that's great. The miraculous is awesome. I love healings. All the people, say that, all the people, all the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. What is this going to do? An unbeliever is going to go, hey, <laughs> maybe this Jesus, the Christ from Nazareth, is something. 
Maybe all the negativity I've been hearing about him ain't true. Because nobody just stands up after laying there for 20, 30 years and is healed. That just doesn't happen. But I just saw it happen. <laughs> all the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. And they realized he was the lame beggar they had seen so often by the beautiful gate. They were, <laughs> they were, what? Absolutely astounded. I can't even come up with adjectives like that. Absolutely astounded that this man who they passed often, who was begging for money for all those years, now he's standing in front of them, leaping, saying, Praise God! <laughs> that's awesome. But that's not the best part. That is not the best part. When they real I'm sorry, they all rushed out in amazement to Solomon's colonnade where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. Man, they were best buds now. All right. Can you imagine if you had just laid hands on somebody and they were healed after all those years? He ain't letting go of them. You guys just gave me a new lease on life. Hmm. Hallelujah. And here's the thing. As much as he clung to them, they were, they were strongly opposed to that. And he... Peter went through the next several verses saying, this isn't because of us. We're just the conduit. This is because of Jesus, Amen. the one we serve. This is because when he left, he sent us the what? Holy Spirit to work in and through us. He's the one that did this. We just happen to be here. We just happen to be here. Because it's too easy for us, human beings, to get this big head. Ah, oh, did you see the healing I did? No, I didn't. But I saw the one God did. And we have to be quick, quick to point people at the Master. You know, if people thank you, that's fine. Thank you. Thank you for that. But be quick to say, but it's God. But God. <laughs> it wouldn't happen without him, right? Then in Acts 3.16, he said, Through faith in the name of Jesus, this man was healed. And you know how crippled he was before. Faith in Jesus' name has healed him before your very eyes. Faith in Jesus' name has healed him before your very eyes. God is in the business of this. But we have to be open to it. We have to be clay in the potter's hand and let him use us. We need to use every opportunity 
every opportunity to tell people about our Jesus. And when the Holy Spirit moves in the supernatural, we have to be quick to point them back to the source. Not us. Now the result. And by the way, in my notes I wrote, persecution follows. While Peter and John were speaking to the people, they were confronted by... (laughs) What is it with these people? By the priests, the captain of the temple guard, and some of the Sadducees. These leaders were very disturbed. They were what? Very disturbed. Remember, before the people were absolutely astounded. Now the religious people are very disturbed. Well, I think they are in their heart. They were very disturbed that Peter and John were teaching the people that through Jesus there is a resurrection of the dead. So once again we find ourselves God is moving. There's only one person who could get the credit for this having happened. And what do they look at? You're preaching untruth. It's heresy, brothers. They were deeply disturbed. So what they do? <laughs> Isn't that awesome? Nice ring tone there, Mary. Love you. Yeah, that's right. Must be time to move on. They arrested them. Since it was already evening, they put them in jail until morning. Huh. Here these two men had been filled with the Holy Ghost had watched as God had moved in and through them in the miraculous, and now the religious people were throwing them in jail. Does it even make sense? I'm telling you, when Jesus said to them, you whitewashed tombs, do you get why? Their hearts were so hardened, they just didn't get it. God is real. You can't put God in a box. You can't tie him up with man laws. He'll do whatever he chooses to do. Who are we? And when you see something so obvious, don't try giving the credit to the devil. The devil's not in the healing business. Just the opposite. But God is and does. So persecution follows. But many of the people, here's the result, besides the persecution. Many of the people who heard their message believed it, so the number of believers now totaled about 5,000 men, not counting women and children. This miracle led hundreds to make a decision for Christ. 
When God uses you or me to do the supernatural, especially in the company of unbelievers, this is the result when they're pointed back to Him. When they realize that it was the Lord that did it, that performed the miracle through us. That's why it's so important. What the devil intended for harm, God will turn around for the good. And I believe this is a perfect example of that. So I've showed, I showed this passage of Scripture just to reinforce the idea that once we are of and in the way, through spirit baptism, of course, it is while we are on the way that the Holy Spirit uses us to the glory of God. How many can say amen to that? And often, after the supernatural miracles, after the wonderful things happen, we can expect persecution. I've been driving this point home lately because I want you... There are two things I think the church does wrong. And the first is, we tell people that they can become born again but we don't attach anything to that. And it's like we're saying, okay, you're born again now. Have at it. No, there's, once you're born again, that's when it starts. That isn't when it finishes. That's where your new life begins. Then the real work comes. Living for Him. The same is true when we put ourselves out there, when we're willing to pray for someone, and we're around unbelievers, or maybe religious people, they're going to see what you're doing as an assault on them. They're going to attribute the miracles God's trying to do through you to the underworld. And you can't let that stop you. You can't let that prevent you from doing what God's calling you to do and me. We've got to be more open to the miraculous. As people of the Pentecost, we need to start praying for, for people out there. It's one thing to do it here, but where does God get the real glory? Out there. Everybody point out there. Wherever out there is. Out there. Woo! No, I'm not on drugs today. I'll attribute it to the Holy Spirit. I know in that, in, in that video that I showed earlier, I don't know if you noticed, but I didn't realize that guy had the same shoes on I have. And that wasn't me, though. But when he was standing off the ground, I thought, man, it looks like he's being hung. And then I realized, oh, he's supposed to be the Lord. Anyway, I shouldn't have brought that up, but that's what I saw. That, that's the kind of stuff I get to deal with. Expect the per persecution, but don't worry. We win. How many of you have ever been at work in a place that it ain't church, okay? And the Holy Spirit has said, 
I want you to go pray for that person. Or go ask that person how their day is going. And what happens? You're like, did you do it? (laughs) Okay, he did it. Sometimes you're like, but Lord, I could lose my job. You know, there are laws today that prevent us from telling people about God. You could end up in jail. But if it's the Holy Spirit behind it, go to jail. You are going to be part of something supernatural. How many are enjoying this part of the message? Have you seen the Otsego County Jail? We need a new jail. Just in case. So when that's on the millage next time, you remember that. It may not be for the bad people. It might be for us. When and if that day comes. All right, I'm going to start wrapping this up, believe it or not. might take me ten minutes, but we'll get there. You know, again, I hope you can see what it means to be of, in, and on the way for Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. We are His people. Children of the King. Poke your neighbor and say, I'm a child of God. (laughs) And as such, folks, we have a responsibility. We do. We have a responsibility. That responsibility, and I said this when I started, it's not some crazy thing that you have to do. You just have to be sensitive to what he's trying to do. It might be crazy, but if he does it and it's crazy, it's going to work. I hope that makes sense. The beauty of what I'm saying is all we need to do is as we're on the way carrying out our daily duties going to the destination that we normally go to God might surprise us and show up and say hey I've got something for you to do a little a little side job brother Larry I'm gonna pick on you have you ever been working on one job and then a little job comes up off to the side that had nothing to do with, right? And you do it. Of course, you probably want to be paid, usually, but he's a contractor. So what I'm saying here is you might be on the way to church or to your job or to school or to the marketplace And in your mind, you're not thinking there's somebody going to be on the way that I'm going to have to stop. Let me say that, rephrase that. That I'm going to get to stop and pray for. Aren't you proud of that, Brian? He always corrects me. It's not that we have to do it. We get to do it. Hallelujah. You get to be a tool in God's hand. Will you let him? The last scripture I'm going to share 
Matthew 28. And by the way, this is the ISV. I didn't even know that existed. But a preacher recently pointed this out to me, and I, I saw it, and I went, this is cool. Therefore, Matthew 28, 19 through 20. Read this first part with me. Therefore, what? As you go. By the way, that's my highlight. Therefore, as you go. As you go where? As you go wherever you're going. As you sneeze. As you go to get your coffee at Starbucks or wherever you go to get it. Disciple people in all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. And remember I'm with you each and every day until the end of the age. You aren't in this alone. God's Holy Spirit is with you. He's directing you. He's guiding you. And he wants you and I to be a success in his hands. Are you ready for this? As you go, as you're on your daily routine, as you carry out the Great Commission, making disciples, telling people what God has done in your life, pointing them to Jesus. The Lord can use you and will if you let Him. The Assemblies of God Live Dead Missions Director Dick Brogdon he said he asks two questions when he gets up every morning. First, who doesn't know Jesus that I will encounter today? Huh. There's a thought. <laughs> Who doesn't know Jesus that I will encounter today? When you ask that question, what are you doing? You're saying to God, I give you permission to use me. You're expecting it. Second question, what am I going to do about it? Hmm. Put an action to the prayer. What are you going to do about it? When you meet somebody who doesn't know Jesus yet. And I, I don't want to embarrass anybody. We had a young man walk in here today that for the very first time in his life that he's ever stepped foot in a church. And he's with our youth. You think they're not out there. They are. And they need to know about the one we know. They need to know the way. Who are you going to encounter today who does not know Jesus? And what are you going to do about it when you do? Would you stand with me? While on the way, be the way to Jesus. Would you read this with me? Be the way to Jesus. Look for the God moments. Let the Lord use you. Let's say that with you, with you personal, make it me. Let the Lord use me. Expect the miraculous. 
This is what the Holy Spirit wants to do in His church. Are you ready for this? All that you have to do is while you're on the way, give yourself to Him and say, Lord, put somebody in my path today that needs to hear about you. Lord, help me to share my testimony. And if there's opportunity, lead me to pray. Does that sound like anything that's difficult? And if you're persecuted, know this. Jesus said you will be highly rewarded if there's any kind of persecution involved in this. If you do it in his name. Now, if, if you're being persecuted because you're a dummy and you're doing illegal things, that's your fault. But when you do it for God and you're persecuted, you may pay a price on this side of heaven, but eventually you will be rewarded. Recognize that it might be something God wants you to see or hear. It might be something that you're supposed to do on the way. The Lord might even use you to carry out the miraculous, or better yet, He might allow you to be the person to lead somebody to Christ. What an honor, what a privilege. And if you're here today, and this is, I'm going to end with this, but if you're here today and you say, well, I don't think God could use me. Back in uh, Numbers 22, he used a donkey. What's my point? If he can use a donkey to speak, he can use you. So don't limit yourself. If you have the Holy Spirit in you, you've got everything you need. Would you bow your heads and hearts? Father, again, we are here today because of Jesus, our Master, our Savior, the Prince of Peace. We look to Him as our Lord and our God, the One who has saved us from eternal damnation. And it's because of Him that our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life, that we have been cleansed of our unrighteousness through the blood of Your Son. Jesus, be magnified in this church through this people. And Holy Spirit, as you take residence within us, I pray that you would help us to be sensitive to your call. And when you nudge us, Lord, that we would be hearing your voice, your still voice, your small still voice, when you say pray for that one or ask that person how their day is going. Lord, not that we look for a quick response, but rather that we wait to really hear them to feel their heart, to feel any pain that might be behind their answer. Lord, lead us and guide us and use us to your glory. We give you this church, those listening online, those who are here today. May we allow you to use us, Lord, to bring you all the glory and all the praise and all the honor. We love you. And we commit this church, our people, into your hands. May we be the Peter and Johns, Lord. May we be Jesus. And we commit this church to you in Jesus' name. Everywhere we go.
We love you and we commit this church to you in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to close there. Be safe going home. By the way, I saw that 50 mile an hour winds are supposed to hit about 1 o'clock, so you might not want to dilly-dally too long. Especially if you have lots of trees around your house. God bless you. Thank you for coming out. Oh, by the way, this Wednesday we're doing just the prayer at 5.30, so just the prayer. We get to do prayer at 5.30 here on Wednesday, so we won't be having the after prayer thing this week. All right, God bless you.